Well, they say a week's a long time in politics or sport, and it certainly is in the podcast land. Here I am, sitting around a week after myself, the Warbster and the Vocalist recorded the episode you're now listening to, and our uh, illustrious Premier Dan Andrews has put Victoria back into lockdown. The supercar teams have made a mad rush to Sydney with the borders closing between Victoria and New South Wales. Generally, there's an even greater sense of uncertainty around what's going to happen with the rest of the calendar for the year. The Warbster and I had a bit of a chat during the week and thought we needed to record this new pre-intro to potentially tidy up any loose ends. So uh, we really hope you enjoy the podcast. If anything's not quite right, it means my edit's been a bit ordinary. And enjoy the supercars race in the next few days. Welcome to episode 32 of the Racing Insiders Racing Cast. We've seen almost as many schedule changes this year as the supercars. And here are your regular hosts, the Warbster and the podcast DSO. And importantly, Warbster, joining us for episode 32 is the podcast vocalist. Welcome aboard yet again, vocalist. Yeah, Woohoo! Fam- familiar, familiar name, familiar, familiar voice there now by uh, now everyone. I'm uh, very happy to have her back again. Well, the, the vocalist did mention supercars, Warbster, so there's uh, no time like the present. Let's kick into... Supercars? No, the Gladys Berejiklian supported supercars championship of 2020. At your doorstep, New South Wales. Now's the time to find yourself or lose yourself in New South Wales. Get your free brochures from the V8 Supercars, the greatest show on wheels. The international series has been held entirely within the confines of New South Wales. Yes. With the exception of Adelaide, hmm. before all the shit went down. Radelaide. Radelaide. Sorry. Where Sorry. you turn your, your watch back 20 years and a uh, half now. We've had enough from Sam Shaheen about you know people ragging on Adelaide. Let's just be nice to our South Australian friends. Why would you go to Adelaide? We've got everything here. Sam Shaheen, would you like to know a piece of useless trivia about Sam Shaheen? Uh, no. I be- okay, I'm going to tell you anyway. I okay. believe that Sam has uh, has bought himself a new GT3 car. I believe he's bought himself one of the new Porsches. Mm. That would mean that Sam Shaheen is currently the leader in the clubhouse in 2020 on the one for the price of two mm. deal for GT cars. Right. Work that one out. Will do. So anyway, back to the supercars. Where sorry, go? who gives a fuck about? Sorry, <clears throat> no, no, supercars. Where, supercars. Where, no, I'm not allowed to be negative towards supercars. No, you're not People allowed will to be negative. Criticise me on my page. Oh no, we've got to be upfront and happy, and we've got to talk the series up, on, no matter so, how fucked it is. So you basically, we have to be nice about everything, regardless of what people think. Mm-hmm. That was not discussed in the pre-production meeting, Warbster, and that is never going to happen. We're 32 episodes in; that's not going to happen. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of supercars, Warbster. Speaking of supercars, speaking of things that are a little bit screwed, we're going to start with races 7, 8, and 9 of the supercars. Hang on, hang on. on. 
Did we miss something here? There's only been two races finished so far. Now, folklore that is a very, very good point. It appears that there are a lot of people out there who can't count because unfortunately the rules are quite clear. Supercars qualified for races three, four, five, and six at Albert Park. Now, whilst they didn't run, they had qualified, which means that it is then a no race, but because they've come effectively come under championship conditions, they have to count them even though there's no points. Sorry for being a Motorsport Australia nerd, but um, <coughs> nerd. that's what my mates teach me. So um, basically the Melbourne race is counted as non-results. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, Statistical this, anomaly. Statistical anomaly aside uh three races were held at eastern creek seven eight and nine of the championship sorry next to the tip where it stinks next to the automotive center of excellence where it stinks and for all those people who want to keep telling me that you'll smell the arnott's biscuit factory when the wind blows a different direction you don't good stuff anyway all three all three all three races of the um variable air quality uh racing were won by Scott McLaughlin, Nick Percat, and Scott McLaughlin oh, again. Oh, sorry, who? Nick Percat. Yeah. Is that a st- another statistical anomaly? Well, it didn't rain this time. Well, he did. He did win on debut at Bathurst That's with true. your mate, with your mate Garth Tander. Oh, yes, I remember that. Anyway, the lowering of crew numbers, restrictions on data logging, and lack of compulsory pit stops seems to have favoured the little teams, with Bejar doing their usual job of finding a setup once a year and looking unbeatable. Hashtag Go Minos. Although the podcast fanboy credits the parts he worked on. Yeah, well, of course he would. Well, he worked on parts in the car that won the race. He's, he's a happy boy. Jamie Wincup was the biggest winner after the number 17 Mustang with a brace of podiums, whilst the best recovery of the weekend belongs to Dave Reynolds, who had a shocking first race and recovered well to be in the top 10. We'll talk about that in a little bit, Warbster. I've got a, th- I've got a theory. you got a theory? I've got a number of them. D- does he follow Bar- Barry Ryan swearing? I, I didn't hear Barry Ryan swear at all in the telecast last weekend. He did admit that he was putting fuel in the car because he didn't have anyone else there to do it. Mm. At least, well, well, here we go. Mm-hmm. Would he sack himself if he didn't put enough fuel in the car? Because he, he was going to sack somebody if they when they when they were going to run out of fuel. Was he Phillip driving, Island last year? Was he driving? If the this bus? thing runs out of fuel, someone's got, someone's unemployed on Monday. Hang on. If 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 they're driving buses to or from because of quarantine, mm-hmm. was he driving the bus? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay, so he's totally telling someone else to drive over the person responsible for the screw up. Something like that. Okay, fair enough. In um, slightly more amusing news, the former 23 red car, which we'll get into in a minute, dragged uh, James Courtney, yes, James Courtney's now driving the former 23 red car, to the edge of the top 10 in all three races, although they may regret not being able to read a watch. Possibly possibly one of my best memes for the year so far. yes. Yeah, excuse number one of the Tickford era. Apparently the computer froze first qualifying for race seven. The computer froze and we didn't have enough time to do a lap. You would hope somebody in the team still wears a watch. You'd, th- you'd think so. Yeah. Haven't they got a watch sponsor or yeah. something? What 20... are they running? A 90, Windows 95? Possibly 3.11. <laughs> it crashes. It blue the... screens even. No, the... actually, hang on. If we were back to XP... Or 3.11. It never blew screened. It was as stable as anything. Yeah. Did you, we have considered... It has been a long time since Ford Factory was pumping money into them. So, you know, they probably haven't had much money for updates and stuff. So you're saying it connected to the Wi-Fi and crashed? Yeah. It's, I wouldn't say it was the worst thing that's happened to James Courtney in the pits at Eastern Creek. Oh, wow. I can't believe you just went there. Yeah, the helicopter. Sorry, no. We'll, we'll have to edit that bit out, won't we? Maybe not. So in, the former 23 red car finished 22nd in mm, first qualifying. Yeah. So he yeah. wasn't even as good as 23. Yeah. He yeah. was only 22. Okay. He was one less. Mm. Or one more. Mm. Depends on how you look at that, doesn't it? 
In related news, mm, uh, Will Davison, the bloke yep. who um, got completely screwed by this whole transaction, mm-hmm. is still 27 points ahead of him in the championship. <laughs> well, the racing was actually... Well, I'm not going to say that. You say that. Okay, the racing was very good, according to most uh, observers. Clearly, you only watched the... Uh, highlights. The highlights package. Yes. Yeah, the race... Yes. There were bits of the racing that were interesting. Mm-hmm. Overall, it was fucking processional. But then that supercars... As noted by Mark Scaife. Yes... And as, as posted by you on your page... So yesterday, there was about a two-second glitch on McLaughlin's left front and on Van Gisberger's left front, so it meant that both teams made just little mistakes, but it didn't end up yeah, having a consequence on the race, which I really liked. I, I don't like it when a pit stop effectively changes the course of the event. Bullshit. Absolute fucking bullshit. Does you anyone want to tee off on this? You fucking... You know, who wants to tee off? You fucking pricks have traded, and I say you fucking pricks collectively, that's supercars and the shit fucking commentary team, you have traded collectively on contrived fucking race results brought about by fucking compulsory pit stops and different fucking tyres and... Undercutting and overcutting 120 and... 120-litre minimum fucking fuel drops. You're a fucking hypocrite, Mark Scaife. The only change in and I'll the buy race... You, and I'll buy you a cup of coffee at the next race meeting. I see you at Scaifey too. Cheers. The only change in the race is when something stuffs up in a pit stop. In the pits, yeah. Because it's no longer skill-driven in the on the racetrack. No, they don't have to change revs, added, you know, match revs when they're changing gears. You know, it, that, that split second of, fuck, you've missed a gear, is not there anymore. No, so I'll, I'll challenge you on that because, you know, you mentioned earlier about, you know, they don't drive H-patterns. Well, they don't drive H-patterns because they zing $100,000 engines. The big one is here. Well, they shouldn't cost 100 grand. Oh, let's see, yeah, right, 327 kilograms or whatever the fuck it is. <coughs> Saturday, 27th of June, mm. 2020, 6.35pm. Simon Chapman. Simon Chapman's actually the new supercars reporter of Crusher.cafe. Yeah. yeah, despite the fact that Matt Kosh does all the heavy lifting behind the scenes. <laughs> Shane Van Gisbergen and Fabian Coulthard. But, but we're not trustworthy and nobody trusts and us. Nobody trusts us. Yeah. Stop messaging me, Matt. I can't keep giving you fucking scoops. <laughs> Shane Van Gisbergen and Fabian Coulthard have called for supercars to make further downforce reductions, labelling aero oh, wash, quote, the worst go. it's Again. ever been. Jeez. So we fuck about with the... Sorry. The engineering wank that is supercars uh, and the engineering wankers who are the supercars technical team fucked fucked about with the aero at the start of the year and we get to the first track that's actually got a little bit of high-speed corners and the two Kiwi brews have gone, this fucking aero wash your shit. I want you to change I, the I'm, fucking car. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step up a little bit for Berjo and Cambo here. How many races did Fabs and Shane Van Gisbergen win that weekend? Well, they did at Wimbru because the error wash was shut. Yeah, so um, they I'm, couldn't I'm, fucking I'm get putting, past. I'm putting, I'm putting a, I'm calling a little bit of BS engagementship on that one to borrow a term. Are you, are you sure it's not just Crusher.cafe talking at their ass, Brew? Oh, that's never happened before. Ever. Hi, Brett. We're gonna get a letter from him one day. It's called Cease and Dis. Yeah, his uncle Mike got one of those. Mm. Yeah. It, did, um, it worked. Did it ever. So, uh, the Triple Eight pace from Adelaide appears to have got lost in the shutdown on one side of that garage. And uh, Scotty Mack is looking as imperious as ever. What did we learn from the weekend, apart from compulsory pit stops being not very popular in the DSO household? Oh, no, I just don't have a problem with compulsory. They were actually a better compulsory pit stop because... Um, they could only change, they only had two rattle guns, so they could fuck things up even more, which would uh, most definitely um, affect the uh, outcome of the race. 
Fair enough. Wow. Erebus and Triple Eight. Triple Eight started, qualified well and went well, but seemed to tail off a little bit, race two and race three. Yes. We talk about hashtag go the minnows. Mm. Erebus, uh, Dave struggled in qualifying. Anton was good in, in on the Saturday. Mm. Both cars essentially came on stronger, Dave especially. Yes. And then, you know, the elephant in the room is not just Nick Percat winning race two, Tyler Everingham qualified really really well showed some good speed mm. had a couple of uh, incidents during the races that mm. that put had a mechanical failure and a couple of other minor incidents that, that pushed him down in the results but yeah. was was really strong and really fast what are we saying about old school yeah. races old school race teams yeah. who don't need data we they're not data mining they're, go it's to, seat of the pants it's, go to go to bjr who's the engineering stallwater bjr wally oh, story some old bloke called wally story he's been around for centuries you're literally. telling me a story yeah barry, barry ryan cut his teeth with perkins yeah you don't think you're gonna learn a little bit from lp yeah just being a little around bit. him that long what it is it's mm. being able to it's just the whole thing about when you stand and watch a race driver talking to another race driver about how the car handles and mm. and they do that thing where they turn their arms and yeah, they move yeah, their ass yeah, from one yeah. side to the other you yeah. gotta feel it yeah. yeah so the drivers didn't they didn't have the engineering wank of all of this data for the engineers to tell them what they thought the car was doing the drivers yeah. actually had to go back uh, mm. you know almost to a state round and be able to mm. tell the bloke on the end of the spanners what the car was doing and what they thought it needed yeah clearly some chased it in the right direction some didn't the other team that was was pretty good was team charlie forklift the team that uh, i'm absolutely remarkably surprised they're still in the grid because poor old charlie's struggling for a quid at the moment mm. phil keed there's another there's another yep. one phil, phil keed was that uh, was engineering boys, the cars with boys the, fabian missing him these yeah. days point is yeah all these all these old school guys all of a sudden oh hang on we've taken all the computers away so roland's you know mission control in the back of the red ball pits isn't there anymore well, and, and again, DJR and, 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 and DJR are at Mission Control. And, mm. you know, we can say Ludo. I don't necessarily think it's just Ludo. I think, mm. I think I don't think I don't think Ludo is old school enough that mm. um, Ludo's still a Mission Control guy. I think, you know, mm. I think Scotty Mack might, might, might just be good enough yeah. to have been able to mm. accurately communicate to his engineers. Well, well I think Scotty, what, Scotty, what Scotty, Scotty Mack's got, an, got a tenth in his pocket over anyone over one lap. Only a tenth? I'm being generous. Is that a is that a tenth of a foul? Speaking of um, a tenth, speaking speaking of a tenth of a foul, things yep. that don't have fouls, supercars themselves. There's no cash here. Here, there's no cash. All right, cash, no, Robo, no cash. Yeah, they ain't got very many fouls at all. Yes. So before we go too far in Warbster, and this is going to come off like an indictment of Sean Seymour and everything that he does. Yeah, all the all the money stuff and all of the management stuff is yeah. just going to come off like us just basically hang shit on him. Yeah, well, look, it, it's not. But we'll point out later how that fucking virus, uh, trademark registered uh, racing insiders, was a tip of the shit tsunami that hasn't had a lot to do with his creating. As it is, like... The boss man, Sean, he looks like he's aged about 10 years in the last six months. I was going to make a meme out of it. Use a picture of Keith Richards and Sean Seymour during the week, but unfortunately, Keith looks a bit fucking healthier and younger. So the Seamster and Sean, in the extremely unlikely event you have time to listen to this, dude, it's a tough gig. We're going to be probably going to say some things that are a bit home truthy for you, but genuinely, that bloke's worked hard. I think the one thing that, and I have been a little bit critical of him. The one thing that I think he's let, he's a little bit like the um, inflatable student at the inflatable primary school with the inflatable principal who got caught, and the kid, the kid who got caught with the pin. Mm. He's let himself down. <laughs> he's let the school down. He's let his parents down. 
He's let himself down and let the series down mm. by his incessant gobbing off in the media. Like, seriously, dude. Yeah. Less is more. Stop mm. telling us how good it's going to be and that we're definitely going to have every round. And There are so many things that just are out of your control with COVID, so stop trying to sell the super positive because mm. you end up ultimately looking like a dick. You end up looking, looking like you don't know what the super shit's going on. It ends up being super stupid, and you end up looking super, super foolish. And uh, yeah, it just ends up, it ends up, it ends up a mess. And in terms of public relations, I get the fact that as a CEO, you've got to say something. You can't just no answer. Your alter ego, the real Warbster, mm-hmm. didn't gob off anywhere near as much. Maybe he had better media handlers. I don't know. Maybe it was he's a, maybe it's his background. I can only put it down to background. Well, he's the seamster's a marketing Marketer. guy. Yeah, yeah. So he's by, by so by, by design, by design and by trade, he's a bullshit artist and potentially a liar. That's what marketing and comms is, isn't it? Pretty Lies much, and bullshit, pretty much. Hang on, Pierre. What are your thoughts? Well, to be honest, mate, I've got no fucking idea. One day he's actually going to give us something mm, in French. Something he's going to give us something. <laughs> So, so to, to home in on this a little bit more, um, Sam is a marketer. That's what he does. Mm. He was in advertising. Mm. James Warburton, are you going to say, yep, okay, Warburton was in advertising. He was a TV exec. He was a TV he's, exec. He's been a senior, mm. been a senior manager. Been a, been well, he a, runs the Seven Network wholesale at the moment. He's the yep. CEO of Seven Network. Yep. Uh, look at Eugene Rocker's background. He's a lawyer. He's a he's run sports series. Yeah, he's, he runs sporting clubs. Yeah, and mm. now uh, runs uh, my mates at MA4. Mm. You look at up CLW businessman, well well regarded. The Shahins, Shahins, extremely successful business people. Yep. John Tetley, extremely successful teabagger. <laughs> yep. yep. The yeah, tea that's... is hot today. Yeah, that's good. Um, Elf Barbagello, extremely successful. <clears throat> Was he a <laughs> man too, or not? I can't remember what Garth said. <clears throat> not sure. <clears throat> Maybe he was if the way you're clearing with Oh hang on. Have you got COVID nineteen? <laughs> you're clearing your throat. I will, I will forget I will forget me out of this. Anyway. COVID nineteen took an absolute wrecking ball to supercar schedule. And as oh, we've God, said, yeah. lots of promises are made. Starting with promises all schedule rounds had happened and being walked backwards. Um Warbster, you found some Q and A videos on YouTube that mm. the Seamster's done. Mm. You wanna talk about those? Well, Certainly, they didn't. They didn't provide a lot of solid information or anything you couldn't have figured out for yourself. But the fact that he, the fact that Sean Samuel directly was trying to connect with fans and directly trying to answer the questions that were coming up was actually a breath of fresh air. Well, so that's something that Warburton didn't do. All Warburton did was fuck the series and and sold his soul to sold his and sold his soul and sold his soul to pay TV. If you read social media, yeah, okay, all right. I was about to. You weren't sure I was going there. Oh yeah, it wasn't quite sure. Yeah, the, the, hackles, the hackles were up there. Yeah, no, no. The hackles were up. No, no. But he actually rescued the series. Let's, yeah, let's, we've, we've, said, we've, we've, we've been through we've that. We've said that a lot of times. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Sean Samuel, God love him, he's trying. Yeah. He's, he's in a situation where I don't think anybody else could have been in his shoes and done that much better with the material he's been given and in terms of the situation. And let's be realistic about it. It's not Sean Seamer's fault that a horny African security guard has spread COVID through the majority of the north and west of Melbourne. So anyway, <laughs> transparency. Who would have thought that would have gone down well? 
something new to me, especially in marketing and communications. No. Okay, right. okay, he's, he's pushing a line, but at least he's trying to give the fans a little bit of an insight rather than just making pronouncements on the mount and then not substantiating them yep. like he was in the beginning. Yeah, all right. He's gotten better. So let's talk about, unfortunately, the third iteration of the calendar that he's had to try and sell. Well, the so third, we, fourth, fifth. Yeah, well, it's all right. So we, the series is picked up back at uh, Eastern Creek next to the tip where it stinks. Mm-hmm. After uh, the Centre of Excellence, the third version of the calendar included a rescheduled Winton, home of the Ronk Burger. Then they're venturing, allegedly venturing forth to Darwin mm-hmm. after winter, after what was winter now is Eastern Creek. Yep. That may well change depending on Victorian teams being allowed out because we live in such a pox-ridden state currently. Uh, Townsville after that, yep. uh, again, allegedly. A, again, um, a big hi to Anastasia Palaszczuk and her. Uh, team of, uh, of, of merry advisors who have opened the borders to everybody except Victorians. So again, us pox-ridden Victorians may not uh, be allowed up north. <coughs> Had you? Well, uh, they were then supposed to go to the bend. Mm. Scafey. Which has been replaced with the uh, time-honoured traditional leading to Bathurst, Sandown. The Sandown, not 500. Mm. Bathurst, 1,000. Well, that's held in New South Wales, so that'll be fine. Yeah, they're not there yet. Mm, yeah, okay. Well, Perth under and they, lights. And they may not get there either. Which, Bathurst or Perth? Well, they might not get any of these. I mean, that's the reality. That, no, they might be in administration or receivership before Bathurst. Well, we'll get into that later. Perth under lights. Big hi to I'm fucking Garth from Wanneroo. Aye? <laughs> well, we did go out last year, but that's another story. I was going to say, that's going to be an interesting story for us. Shh. Good thing Mrs. DSO doesn't listen. No, it's great that she hates the podcast, and um, I'm quite f-ing amazed that she even agreed to the questions last episode. But thanks, Mrs. DSO. A rescheduled Tasmania. Yes. A rescheduled New Zealand round Warbster. At uh, Pukekohe or Hampton Downs. Oh, no, they're all gone! They're all gone! Not going to either regardless. No. Finally, they were returning to Bathurst on the 12-hour weekend, 50 weeks after the first round. So, Warbster, obviously... Gold Coast and Newcastle. So, yeah, we'll note that there's no race on at the Gold Coast. There's no race on at the Gold Coast. <laughs> You're right there. Now, I'm going to leave it all in, too. There was no race at the Gold Coast or Newcastle, so street circuits. Right. What about the Gold Coast? Isn't that at Village Cinemas where you pay extra for the wider seats? That's, that's yeah, class. Yeah, yeah. class. Yeah, that's Gold Class. Oh, sorry. Okay. I thought it was close. Well, um, either, either, well, whether it's Gold Coast, Gold Cast, or Gold Class, they ain't happening. Look at this. Yep. So yeah, street races. Mm. It's absolutely spectacular. Um, one of the things that apparently I'm good at is maths, and I have a good memory. Mm. So when we were talking about back before the original Winton round, which mm. was the end of May, yes, and Townsville was up, was was uh, was you know we're not sure where we're going with Townsville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your mate, the Seamster, mm. came out and said, "Well, we need five weeks." We have to make our decision on Townsville five weeks before it's due to start. That's what the build period is. Mm-hmm. Current Townsville date, mm-hmm. five weeks back from the current Townsville date, mm-hmm. is the Monday morning after what's now going to be Eastern Creek. Which was... which So which means that they've got between now and the, whatever it is, the 20th, whatever the Monday is, mm-hmm. after the next round at Eastern Creek, yep. 
to make their announcement if they're not going to Townsville. And if the Queensland government aren't going to let the Victorian mm. teams run because mm-hmm. they're not going to let them through over, over the border control, mm-hmm. I reckon Townsville's the next one to drop. And I reckon if Townsville is in a situation, in that type of a situation with government in terms of letting Victorian teams in, they're also going to be tight in terms of no one's going to spend building anything. No one's going to spend yeah. the money to build it. So that that'll be a call made. That has to be made five weeks out, not yeah. not like the Winton one, two and a half or three weeks. So I'm surprised they haven't tried to do something like the AFL and put all the teams in a certain zone. So I heard on the radio this afternoon the put AFL. Them all in Tasmania. The AFL have moved. You no, know, they have to put them all in New South Wales. Mm. But we'll get into that detail a little <laughs> bit later. Back to what I was saying. The AFL have relocated in the last week 700 people into hubs, interstate. Mm-hmm. So let's just be generous and say it's costing them $50 a night yeah. per person. Well, that's what, $35,000 a day. Well, if they've done it right and they're using the, the uni dorms that aren't being used by international students, still it won't better, be so bad. Still, still costing them, well, no, you, but you've then got to have effective quarantine. So let's talk about they're allowed. Stuart Uni right next to Bathurst. There you go. But they're allowed. Yeah, but hang on. It doesn't always work like that. They're allowed 13 people per team, including the drivers. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you've got 13 multiplied by. uh, 24. No, no. 13 multiplied by 12. Mm -hmm. 156. So you've got 156 personnel plus race officials. So hang on a minute. How many race officials? Well, depends on where you are, but typically you would budget on roughly 100 people, but that's okay because you pick them up locally. You pick up your, you're not going to quarantine your 100 race officials, but what you are going to have to think about is the race director, mm-hmm. the deputy race director. And they're uh, not exactly they're, young blokes no, by any stretch of the imagination. No, J, JT's my age, so mm-hmm. that, he's not old, but they're Victorians, so they'd have to then go into a quarantine hub. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yep. You su- your supercar stewards. So the official numbers are eleven plus two drivers, which is your, that gives you your thirteen. Yep. Um, you've then got. Just had a quick look at the subregs for the previous mm-hmm. Sydney round. Yep. You've got stewards coming from supercar. There were four supercar stewards named. Mm-hmm. You've got them coming from Queensland, South Australia. There was one local from New South Wales and mm-hmm. uh, two from Queensland. Sorry. Yep. Yep. Um, the majority of your supercar stewards are currently based in Queensland. Um, As the series is based? Well, no, no, and it's just by... So Queensland, mm. Tasmania, South Australia. Yep. There aren't any current Victorian MA4 stewards mm. uh, on the senior supercars panel. So you've got about 160 guys, yep. and that's just... 100, so 160, that's just that. 160 bodies, but mm. then they don't have a home base. An AFL team... Mm-hmm. You can relocate an AFL team because all they need is a paddock and a bag of footballs. Mm -hmm. What do you do for a race team? They need a shed. They need hoists. They need their infrastructure. It doesn't all fit in a B-double. There's a lot of stuff that gets left behind at the workshop. Yeah. Spares, Mm. fabricators. What do you then do? Do you you run a team in isolation, Mm. in an isolation hub in New South Wales? And still then try and, and then somebody still try and run the rest of the race team back home, wherever home is. Yeah. And making sure that we're freighting the bits. It's a logistical nightmare. Yeah. So what should have happened, go my crow early, but what should have happened, unfortunately, but didn't, instead of just abandoning the Winton round because of COVID-19 fears, your mate, the Seamstar, and those that are left at Supercars headquarters should have been up front and hands-on with Queensland government, and they should have been asking for an exemption yes. to allow the Queensland teams to travel 
and be allowed to travel. It's really simple. We will fly you to Albury or we will fly you to Canberra. The venue has a very, very strong COVID yeah. medical safety plan. The controls were quite clear. You didn't have to go near Melbourne. Your mm. trucks would come down from the south. You were still more than two hours drive away from Melbourne where the virus yeah. hotspot was. Yeah, and you can you can isolate. Winter's a dead easy to isolate because it's a country town. Yep, yep. There's and only you, going to be so and, many in and so many out. And you go and you go back to and there's no crowd. There's no one else. And you mm. all go back and stay. Um, and there's no shortage of motels that yeah. will be able to be filled both in Wangaratta. They typically yeah. stay at Gateway in Wangaratta. Mm -hmm. They really needed to be looking for an exemption. The problem is the only thing supercars are good at when it comes to talking to state governments Getting money is putting their fucking hand out for money. So the challenge with this has been, mm. what will we do? Artie Gladys will bail us out. We'll yeah. go back to the only government-owned track in Australia yep. and Artie Gladys will look after us. Yeah. And this is where all of these rounds have changed. Winter's been replaced by SMP because yep. of exactly what you're talking about with the virus blowing up again in Melbourne. Nothing to do with Benella, but nope. because they're in Victoria, yep. that's what they've got to do. And there has been a huge amount of sabre rattling between state governments as travel restrictions have changed. As a Victorian, I do find the attitude a little bit nasty, but other states may consider that necessary. But the um, financial implications are, it's dead. They yeah. can't do it. So the, the Winton event, um, like all of like the, a number of the others, had changed from, instead of being promoted by the Benalla Auto Club, yep. it simply became a track hire um, of Winton by Supercars, yep. who had also agreed to pay Winton to organise the officials and run the race meeting for mm -hmm. them. Warbster, it's important to note that the important and financially vital distinction was only reported by certain news outlets a number of days after uh, I did it. After you did it, after you and I had had a, a number of discussions. So yeah, mm. that that was that was yours. That's a financially important distinction for you to say. There's a world difference between BAC running the risk and supercars running the risk. Because BAC running the risk, BAC is not a charity. They don't need to run a supercars event. No, no, but there's a huge difference. In terms between, of public perception. No, but there's a huge difference. We talk. We, we roll into we roll into the bend now. The bend. Mm losing their round, giving back their round, dropping their round, however the nuts and bolts of it is. Yes. The difference is that the Benella Auto Club have been around for 60 years. They own the circuit. They don't owe any money on the circuit. Mm. Uh, it's easy for them to say, well, okay, we're not going to take the promotional mm. risk because and we're happy to just track high, you know, we're happy to do a track high. Mm. Very different story with the Shahins. Yes who had all sorts of contracts and promises made and, yes. and yes. We'll, we'll roll into what the seams are. Yes. Tries to explain in, what happens at the bend. Yes, it seems to uh, explained what happened with the bend in a video on YouTube, the clip of which is coming up right now. When you're working through the calendar, there's never any easy decisions. We'd love to go racing everywhere as many times as possible, and there's a lot of fantastic racetracks in Australia. Our number one priority was making sure that we maintained our national footprint. And for those reasons, and the fact that we'd already been to Adelaide this year and the bend is part of our pre-season test, we decided to make sure that we were able to get to other areas like Perth, Tasmania and Darwin as part of a shortened championship. All right, if I have to pick between uh, a conspiracy theory and a fuck up, I'll pick a conspiracy theory every day of the week. Mm. Do we have any reason to disbelieve this? I think Sean Seymour was genuine in trying to go to as many places as possible. However, I do think that's also a bit of a cover up for um, a bit of the what was going on behind the scenes with mm. the Shahins as well. Oh, and the fact that every single round of supercars receives some sort of state government funding, mm -hmm. whether it be directed for tourism, promoted by a state government, or yeah. supercars events got, a, got their hand out. Mm. Dr. Sam Shahin, the managing director of the Bend, was 
was less than impressed and shot off a missive more guided than his crash at the 12 hour on no, he didn't have this crash at the 12 hour wasn't on June 17. No, the missive was on June 17. Oh, okay, sorry. So, yes, I think you get what we're going. It included the following The irrational fear around attendance, broad travel restrictions, and spectator attendance is unravelling daily, with every confidence that life is getting back to normal and quite quickly. It just wasn't enough. So, Warp Statement ages. Fucking awfully. <laughs> so when you look at subsequent events, especially after what's happened at Winton and all the things that we've just talked about, therein lies a hell of a lot of problems. This is where we have to give Sean Seymour a pass. He's You're- got to weigh the public good. He's got to weigh business interests. The disagreement over what is or is not possible and navigate the personalities involved. That's not a hu- easy gig. I've got one thing to say okay. about Sean Seymour. Mm-hmm. Only one. No, no, no. Okay. Well, I've got lots and lots of things to say. Lots more things to say about John Cena. An Australia without rugby league is not Australia. Rugby league has been a fabric of our society for hundreds of years. A tradition of rugby league. Um, I believe rugby league provides an enormous economic stimulus. So the government will assess um, what economic stimulus rugby league has. Ask them to consider the social benefits of rugby league. Peter fucking Volandis. The man that everybody thought was an absolute lunatic, he proceeded to bully the New South Wales government into letting him restart NRL when he wanted to. Are we talking about the same New South Wales government that bends over for supercars whenever they get their hand out? Supercars are based in Queensland. They Mm. take a lot of money from the Queensland government for the events up there. You'd think that uh, they would have been up there looking for mm. coming up with some sort of plan for an exemption. Mm. And, and I know for a fact that the Victorian government... Oh, now here's an interesting one. Mm. Has the Victorian government already paid supercars the $400,000 of tourism money? Because the announcement, the announcement was made public and, uh, yeah. and Martin Pakula, the tourism minister, you know, they talked about and, and they talked about all of the additional advertising. Mm. Wouldn't it be interesting to see if that check's already gone? Mm. Wouldn't it just? Wonder if I'll be giving that back. <laughs> Probably not. But again, going back to Sean Sanders, the track owner sponsors and other stakeholders are business people and usually very successful ones. They are not used to hearing the word no or not getting what they want. You've only got to look at how Sam Shaheen responded. These business people, these stakeholders, also have a willing mouthpiece in the motorsport media who can whip up the fan base into a frenzy at any time. You mean, uh, you mean, hi, Brett. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, is it anyone to the same that doesn't appear to be getting much sleep? I don't know. Um, If I had the answer... You'd be running supercars. Yeah, I was about to say if I had the answer, there's a fair chance that we might not have ever kicked this podcast off because I'd be doing something else. I don't know. And look, I can't hack on him too much because he's he's absolutely doing the best he can. Whether it's the the best or not is always subjective. I don't necessarily think it is. Other people will think he's doing a great job. Mm. Um, I think there are things... uh, And again, it's opinion. What do we we say? Opinions are like armpits. No, opinions are like armpits. Most people have usually got two and typically they stink. Yes. And to me, the other problem is he's trying to hit a moving target. Mm. Because he announces something and all of a sudden COVID kicks off again. Well, there's a Victorian round. And look, and the only bloke who could really successfully hit a moving target was Russell Ingle. Hi, (laughs) Scafy. And although it stuck around for a while, just in case, the New Zealand round at Pokemukau or uh, Tony's place was never really going to happen. And look, we do love our people. No, our Antipodean brothers and sisters across across the Dutch. And and look, and I think Australian fans are pretty happy to share our series. But 
logically, it was never, ever going to happen. No. It was ne- and the Trans-Tasman bubble, travel bubble. Yeah. Yeah, well, if that was that was going to happen before um, that yeah. African security guard. Yeah. Well, the point is, if you're looking at the restrictions going between states in Australia, internationally, you would have been even worse off. Mm-hmm. You know, you're punching massive holes in calendars because you're talking weeks in isolation both ways. Back to 170 people at $50 a head per night. It yeah, just, the, it's, the, it's just never going to work. The, the, the t- no one's got any money. Mm. Supercars haven't got any money. The teams mm. are the teams are one. Some teams are one massive crash mm. away from not mm. not fixing the car. Yeah, but before the whole cost of the exercise come up, what are the optics of doing that? Look at the optics. Governments are desperate for people to stay home. Social distancing is being rammed down our throats every five seconds and uh, okay we're in victoria we've caught the worst of it but it's still everywhere mm. and the use and they're asking people to use common sense and they're looking at supercars drivers going to trans tasman to have a race but also where's the optics yeah but also we go back to what uh, frank the calabrian always used to say mm. who who pay who, mm. who pay this yeah so that the challenge you've got there is as we've just said no one's got any money. The governments don't have it either. Finally, uh, they aren't going to Bathurst on hill climb weekend any longer. So it appears that um, everybody suddenly wanted everything wrapped up by the end of the year because the vast majority of contracts expired on December 31. There's all sorts of other things like that. Mm-hmm. MA4 wouldn't let them mm-hmm. run a 2020 series into 2021, the same as MA4 aren't letting anyone else run their Mm. 2020 series into 2021. Supercars is contractually obliged with Gladys the Groovy Mule to run their final race in New South Wales. So with Newcastle out and Bathurst out, guess where they're going? Eastern Creek, next to the tip where it sinks. Uh, The state government up there seems to be spending quite a lot of money with supercars. Also, how deep is the irony that a track the Black Wheel wouldn't go near if they gave him a free helicopter ride when he was boss now can't stay away from running supercar races? I have it on fairly good authority that the Shannon's Motorsport Australia Championship were trying to... They've got three-day event coming up with about 427 categories all trying mm-hmm. to squeeze into three days in August, yep. the yep. restart of the, the other main series in Australia. The smack were trying very, very hard to mm. be able to run under lights mm. and were given a quite emphatic no by um, our mates at Eastern Creek next to the tip where it stinks. Yeah, again, yeah. again, if we want to talk about conspiracies, and yeah. I'll pick one over a fuck up any day of the week, one may surmise that Eastern Creek, with their sweetheart relationship with the Seamster and the others at Supercars, were holding out the first big race meeting under lights for the grand finale. They probably were. So now they're going there under lights. I wonder if the Shannon's Motorsport Australia Championships round will be able to be run under lights. Mm. Certainly nothing preventing it. No uh, exclusivity. You know, I think the entire issue, if uh, the Black Wigger was still around, would be a... Hot potato, hot potato. Hot potato, hot potato. Hot potato, hot potato. Potato, 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 potato. potato. Yep, and I reckon by the end of the year, the series will be about the same price as a tin of... Cold spaghetti, cold spaghetti. So, Warbster, we keep hacking on about New South Wales, but mm. um, it seems like uh, the way things are going, the only place they'll be able to run all year will be in New South Wales. 
the New South Wales government's spending an absolute shit ton on the automotive centre of uh, bad smells. Mm. The Ferrari Academy? Uh, the Cams Academy, which is uh, what they're doing with all the old F4 chassis these oh, days. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'd forgotten about that one. Mm. Oh, that... I wonder if that's gone by the wayside with Ferrari Academy now. Hard to say, but uh, Team Sydney. Hmm. Uh, the changes to SMP, because obviously they extended the track and did all the improvements a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. The movement of the speedway that's being murdered from Parramatta. Oh, have you seen where it's going? Yeah, the car park. It's going in this... I don't know how they're going to build a speedway in this tiny little piece of land. Google Maps is your friend. Is it a genuine attempt to build a motorsport Silicon Valley or just more spending team sydney have moved into the old radical shed yep which was the only real space available for anybody mm. uh, at, at that venue at the moment mm. where the fuck are they going to fit all these automotive center of excellences and academy unless they start building all of a sudden and fast uh well it could be considered a um regenerating project after all the economic whatnot goes down that yes. would be a good way to um, spend some government money. You can, you can, you can spin that Stimulate the economy. Well, yeah, especially money you've already budgeted for. Mm-hmm. You can re-announce it, because governments are good at that. You can re-announce mm. it as a um, mm. stimulus package. Yes. Friggin' sheds going up everywhere. But mm. none next to the tip where it stinks. Mm. And if there's one thing that you don't want to think about, it's Glasbergia Clean and Stimulation. While we're talking about stimulation and excellence, here's a bloke that pisses excellence. So we need to go safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags. Anytime, anywhere, one three cabs will get you there. Anytime, anywhere, one three cabs will get you there. G'day folks, it's me, Fabian Coulthard, picking up another passenger in my one three fabs Mustang supercar taxi. Where to, bro? Oh, yeah, g'day, uh, Fab. Uh, the next round of the uh, Supercars Championship there. I'm a bit lost, bro. Where the fuck is that? It's at Winton. I hope you got some quids, bro. That's a fucking long fare from the Gold Coast. I think I've got enough money. Why aren't you flying the, pl- the plane, mate? You know why. Uh, Fab, mate. Yeah, bro. You might want to make that SMP. The Victorians managed to infect the whole state. Oh, no worries, bro. We were already on our way there. Listen, I'm going to need your credit card first because I've heard you're not travelling too flash. I don't trust you for such a long fare, bro. Oh, my number is... Um, oh, what's that smell? I think it's the tip, bro. I mean, that smells pretty bad. And, I mean, I know what shit smells like because I change the twins every day. It uh, smells nearly as bad as Archer's business plan for supercars. What? Nothing, nothing. Actually, Fabs, can I book you to take me to the round in New Zealand? I didn't know we were still going home, bro. Yeah, yeah, we are. How's that, bro? Uh, look, don't tell anyone, but it's actually Eastern Creek. We just fill the stands with unemployed expats, give everyone a spates and a rugby shirt to wear. It'll look perfect on television. Yeah, you know what they say about spates? Big spates got no mates. <laughs> Singer's got no fucking mates. So there you have it, folks. Anytime, anywhere, one trip Fabs will get you there faster, bro. Especially if you know the television coverage is all he cares about and paying my fucking fare. Bye, bro. Anywhere, one three cabs will get you there. Anytime, anywhere, one three cabs will get you there. 
Welcome back to the Racing Cast brought to you by Race Fuels, the fuel supplier of champions for all of your E85, 98 Ron and Elf Racing fuel needs. Go see them at www.racefuels.com.au. Vocalist, you forgot to mention they are the official tool sanitizer supplier to supercars. So um, anybody that needs their tool sanitized, for orders at racefuels.com.au, uh, get your credit card ready and Mark will sort you out with 20 litres of... Uh, Ethanol-based tool sanitizer. Right. I thought you had to go to Sexy Land for that stuff. That's toy cleaner, Warbster. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Different type of tool. All right. So with events apparently back up and running, some attention can go back to the rolling shit show. That was commercially making supercars a very hard place to be. You'd be amazed that fucking virus, trademark, trademark. registered, hasn't helped. Uh, supposedly Ford is eyeing Holden at the exit door with a view to following them. If they haven't already. Already gone. Yep. Transport arrangements are costing everyone a fortune because Virgin Australia aren't subbing them anymore. Yeah, look, mainly because um, they're being through receivership, being bought out, and there's a shit ton of more uncertainty. The uh, the 1.7 or $1.8 million of free flights that mm-hmm. supercars normally get uh, is a bit of a challenge. So that final year of the title sponsorship deal has turned to dust and no money's been guaranteed. And a big hi to all of the um, Ansett Airlines page followers on Facebook. Compass too. Most worryingly, wrecks are changing hands mid-season because the first victim has already fallen, 23 Red, as we mentioned before. Phil Monday was taking a huge hit to his restaurant interests with the quarantine. At the worst time possible, Milwaukee bailed and things became untenable. His wreck is being leased by someone who has taken over his deal. Peter. Leased. Fucking Addison. Really? Least okay. Well, with dancing Jimmy C in tow, they've lobbed over at Tickford. Boost signage goes on the car, and Will Davo's currently on hold to Centrelink. Will Davo's a tough act to follow, and Richie Stanaway Mark II, or the older version of Richie Stanaway, mm. has to start performing now to justify his existence. Team, how do we think he's going so far? He plucked it just outside the top ten at um, the, fur, the three races he's been in the car. Yep. Good start. If he can get a little bit further up the grid, then he's justified his existence. At the moment, no, because Will Davo was a capital C contender. Mm, absolutely. I've got no comment with that one. No, I think, yeah. I was, yeah, I was going yeah. to throw you a bone, but that's okay. What's interesting is the uh, supposed positive media that came out about his mates at uh, Walkinshaw sending his... Uh, the ergonomic mm. measurements, you know, how the pedals are set and what his distances are from seat and all that. You know, they shared all that information with effectively the opposition. Wouldn't have been Matty Nielsen by any chance, would it? Ooh. Well, you mean the bloke that's been fired? The bloke that's just been boned mm. by probably the three richest men in supercars, collectively. Mm. I think Roger Penske might have something to say about that, but yes. Oh, sorry, your counting Roger is still in. Ooh, there we go. Look, how's he going so far? Really, really average. Like, let's let's be realistic. He, he's now the person bringing the most money into Tickford. Mm. He, he, he will essentially keep Tickford afloat based on what they're paying uh, to run that car yep. or paying for Tickford to run the cars. Mm-hmm. He certainly wasn't... His performance at Eastern Creek wasn't inspiring, I'll say. There yeah. you go. And, of course, it wouldn't be Peter Addison without threats of his future participation and complaining about the rules. He has stated that he will not participate further than 2020 until things are clarified over the Gen 3 question and technical changes in general, particularly costs and parity. So Warbster, he's also stated quite publicly that he will not buy the Phil Monday wreck. Yeah, That's completely different to the information I have. What information do you have? Oh, thanks, Warbster. No worries. Phil Monday owned two chassis. Right. Two Mustangs. Mm-hmm. 
He owned the car that was painted up as 23, and he also owned the car that Tom Randall had been driving right. as a wildcard entry. Okay. Apparently, Peter Adderton took up a three-for-the-price-of-two deal. Ah, right. So you pay for two cars, mm-hmm. and you get your wreck for free. And that was what he had been trying to hock around the paddock mm-hmm. before Adderton and Dancing Jimmy C came in and swooped. Right. So Adderton can say what he wants, that he's only leasing it. I am absolutely 147 million percent possibly wrong that uh he bought the two cars and he got the wreck for free and phil just wanted the cash and wanted out fair enough speaking of uh 2021 let's get into the 2021 matters the new television deal which uh seems to be attracting less interest in a v8 super Utes round well what interest did that be exactly nothing at all Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Wow, we've gone full Simpsons this episode. I like it. I really do. Okay. Um, the Australian Financial Review reported that free-to-air channels are hardly stampeding to bid, and Foxtel only exists because majority shareholder News Corp has loaned it over $700 million. Tanner publicly added the CBS are notoriously tight-fisted with sports rights anyway, want to return after bailing out the entire network, plus Matt White... Yes, that Matt White, the former sports head and a very keen supercar supporter over the years, as well as broadcasting for them, is gone. Well, Seven, your your network, the Warpster. glorious Warpster network, at, at Seven on Seven, has stated that it isn't interested. Has the TCR bill in its pocket. It also has the CEO, who knows the last media deal backwards pretty much because he was the bloke that negotiated it. Mm. Um, We've talked about him before, James Warburton. Stating something and meaning it are two different things. Mm. Especially when you're dealing with PR doublespeak speculation. They could still be talking behind the scenes. Mm. Just because they've said, we're not doing this, you've got to listen to what they're not saying, not what they are saying. Yeah. I can tell you right now, they're locked for the footy, for the AFL. Oh, gotcha. You won't be seeing it on Channel 7. You'll be seeing it on Seven, mate. mate or one of the other sub-channels. But mm. why does that matter anymore? A it, channel's a channel. It doesn't matter, number one. And number two, once the price is right in terms of your per-hour expenditure, Seven Mate being a lower revenue stream than the main channel isn't, isn't neither here nor there. It's all content. So what's really interesting, and I had a conversation with a... CEO of an entity that may own a couple of racetracks. Um, does he have three initials? He may. Yeah, okay. And we were, we were bouncing a few things around. One of the things that came out of that conversation was the smartest thing mm. for supercars to do right now is to stop worrying and to just go to a pay-per-view via their own. They produce the content. All they need to do, all they need is a vehicle to sell it. They can do pay-per-view through they Fox Tel- only fans. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the yeah. podcast vocalist doing as much for women's rights in motorsport as Renee Gracie. Thank you very much. No, well chosen and well timed vocalist. Realistically, if they're smart, they'll do a five dollars a day per each round, or a you can based subscription service. based. So it'll cost you. So if you want to, if you want to watch Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it might cost you fifteen dollars. Mm. If you want to watch uh, Sunday, it might just cost you ten dollars. Uh, or no, no, the numbers are, ir- so are irrelevant. Uh, but hang on, but, but what you what you do is that you then have you can just watch the races, mm. or you can watch the supercars. TV channel where they've got repl- replays and repeats and all the other content that you currently get on 506 on Foxtel. So what you want is the supercar stream pass, basically. Yeah. You want and then view. if you worked it right, yep. you could have it accessible by internet, mm. by your consoles and PCs and phone platforms. Yeah, you, can do it, you can do it any way. You, you can do it phone, you can do it computer, you can do it... It's a marketing... Our, our, 
but you could you could do it any way you wanted. But the thing with the twos though is that you've then got the ability to say, well, if you there are say for instance next year there's eleven rounds, say mm. they're down to eleven rounds, so we've got eleven rounds over twelve months or whatever it works. Ten, say yeah. ten, ten's a nice round figure. You can buy a yearly subscription for the equivalent of. $20 a month, mm. so you might pay $250 up front, up front for the year and get your whole year. Basically, it's money in the bank for them. They've got cash up front. You're not relying on trickle down. It's guaranteed paying, pay media rights right yep. there. They've yep. got, they covered, coverage is already covered. If, if you can, they, they can afford the risk. And then they've got control to stream it overseas. They can... Well, they already we, do we, that. But. No, but we, no, but then they've got the control and the, and making the, making the money out of international streaming. And we Foxtel, Foxtel will be back in some capacity. Because Foxtel will still have an ability to pay something. They will still want to pay something. Are, either, the are, are either of you familiar with WWE Network? Uh, once, it, once upon a time, I was mm. a, bit, a bit more familiar with it than I am now. That's, yes. that's, that's a streaming service where they've got... I mean, what you've got access to is basically everything. You've got new events, you've got the old events, you've got all of it. If you can imagine the Supercars archive going up on demand... Mm. It's exactly what If you can pay for the bandwidth, and yep. that's not a cheap thing, but once you've got that infrastructure there... You've already got all the highlights packages. You've already got all the races. If you can get access to the seven archive, which goes back to the Stone Ages, yep. you're not telling me there aren't a bunch of Australian fans and international fans, no less. Yep. Who'd be willing to pay ten bucks a month for that? But that that would go in your as a for instance twenty dollars a month full mm. service package where you've got whatever you want highlights the whole thing. Yeah. Essentially, it, it, and you'd make it look something like Netflix. You, you call know. it the Triple S Supercar Streaming Service. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's. If they're smart, that's what they'll do. The problem is they'll have 241 million stars in their eyes. Mm. And they ain't getting that. They're, and they're never, ever going to get it. No. Not in a million nope. fucking years are they going to get they, they will be lucky to get 10% of that from Foxtel. Nine. No, not a hope. Not a hope. Tight pockets, especially in the COVID world. The Fin Review and it's... Fairfax. Fair, well, it was Fairfax, yeah. Now it's, now nine, it's nine, me, now nine Media. Nine Entertainment. I tell you what would be really interesting. Hmm. You get some really, really good mileage from you know the Neil Mitchells and the oh, and the God. and the Tom Elliotts of the world because you know three AW would be obligated to talk about the supercars package. Why would I want to listen to that? Be well, an idiot. <laughs> you get my point. Yeah. ABC and SBS don't have any money because they're run by the government. And look, let's face it, I mm. don't really think I could handle John Smiles and Will Hagen. <laughs> Once again, Channel Even... 31's just been granted a year oh, on their broadcast license. Oh, nice. They could always just buy that. So a man who is well-respected, who should know, Paul Gover, has opined that seven is the only logical answer at this point. And looking at the tea leaves, they appear to agree with him. I don't see that Supercars has the imagination to go to a pay-per-view model. And given the resistance that everyone's had to buying Foxtel to get Supercars access, why would they be any less resistant to streaming? I don't know. Um, As always... Look, and again, it Goves, it's really interesting. Goves has broken some big stories on, mm. his, on, his, new, uh, on his new page. Yeah. Racer... Yep. Racer.com. Yes, I'm not. Including the uh, Paul Morris to take on Anton Di Pasquale and, Mm. you know, Morris to to buy a wreck and start up a team. I can tell you right now, in my humble opinion, that would be the biggest ridiculous story since anything I've published on my page this year. There is no (laughs) fucking way known Paul Morris is going to throw good money after bad and run a car, set up and run a team in supercars. Unless someone's giving him a shit. Lot of money backhand Be- because at the moment they haven't fixed the Gen Two problem. 
They have no, none of the fundamental problems have been fixed. Um, there's too much aero wash. The engines are still $100,000. There's still $600 and something thousand dollars mm. to build from scratch. Mm. It's overpriced. It's a show and who's, in that respect. And, and, who's, and, and who's been talking more about that than anybody? He's Paul been, Morris. He, so Gover's story is, in fact, the complete opposite to everything. What does uh, Garth from Wanneroo call him? The brick with eyes in the <laughs> Garth, if, if Garth's ever on this show, we are so getting kicked off. Yeah, I don't know. Hang on, I have to grab this, guys. That's just super fast. I'm going to I don't want to know how much Seven wants. Hello? Yes, hello. Do you have a starting price? One million dollars. Don't you think we should maybe ask for more than a million dollars? A million dollars isn't exactly a lot of money these days. Uh, look, guys, come back with a proper number then. How much do you really want? One hundred billion dollars. Okay, you know what? That's even more ridiculous than 241 million I got you. Get Sean to call me tomorrow. Okay, bye. Where were we? Is the touring car racing coming home to seven? And for how much? <laughs> what a wonderful question you ask, vocalist. Oh, it's almost like that one was set up. Well, you wrote the script. I just changed it a bit. <laughs> um, I think touring car racing is coming home to seven next year. Well, we're coming home this year. Well, it's, it'll be home this year because they're going to have TCR, which is touring car racing. I think it's going to come home next year. I have a, a fairly strong suspicion that the Australian Touring Car Championship may well return home to Channel 7 next year, mm. but it won't be in the way that people think or want it to be. I if, always thought if, the ATCC being part of the Supercars Championship was bull anyway. But. Yeah, well, no. Listen, you, you can't deny 60 years of hist Supercars history. I've read their media. Oh, um, no. So, no, I'm out. <laughs> so let's be realistic here. No, I'm out. No, no, let's no. be realistic here. So before all that, though, the paddocks reshaped massively. BJR mm -hmm. Team Penske's let go of five employees, including well-respected Pierre Ben Nightingale. Did you say Dejo or BJR? <laughs> BJR Team Penske. racing comes at if, you again. If I've, if, I've said, if I've said BJR, it's her fault. <laughs> I can't get BJs out of my head. Before all that, though, the paddock has reshaped with DJR Team Penske letting go five employees, including the very well-credentialed and respected Pierre uh, Ben Nightingale. Did you say DJR or BJR? No, I said uh, I definitely said DJR that time. It was certainly no BJR. It's her fault. She's planted the seed. It's I like an earworm. Think. It's like an earworm. <laughs> it's just in the back of my head. I did not think. That's in your head, too, because you, th oh, you misheard me. Apparently leaving the budget. <laughs> <laughs> Something about a budget lobster. <laughs> apparently, apparently I need to stop laughing. That was worth it. Going, going along beautifully here. Yep, well, no, we're still recording. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> now you're doing it on purpose. 
Apparently the budget from Penske has been scaled back in a big way all around. Mr. DSO has insisted that it is a prelude to them leaving the sport. Any second thoughts on that, Mr. DSO? Uh, Tim Sindrick came out during the week and issued a very unequivocal no comment when asked mm. whether they were going to stay in the sport or not. Was it a savage no comment? Uh, no, it was an unequivocal uh, no comment. So, right. quite simply, to me, is just even more cannon fodder for they do not have anything left to achieve and that they will be going, as I have been on record saying for a number of months now. Yes. Supercars themselves have also let go of a lot of staff, including the extremely well-regarded Kirk Zakzowski. So, there. hang on, would you like to try Kurt Zakzowski? <laughs> Sakzowski. Sakzowski. That the, the Kurt, the well-known Kurt. Everybody knows Kurt. He's a very well-respected Kurt. Kurt's the blonde-haired bloke who uh, worked for supercars for about eight years, and then when Matt Braid gave him the ass because he didn't like him, he went over and ran Porsche Carrera Cup, and then he came back after Matt Braid was gone. He's um, like he's like sure he doesn't need for he doesn't no, need a loss. He's though. just Kurt. So mm-hmm. Kurt, apart from being the operations manager at Supercars, mm-hmm. was the person responsible for Bathurst Twelve Hour and for Newcastle. Kurt was actually the mm. uh, meeting director of the Twelve Hour. Has been for a number of years. He, he was the person I named on my page a few weeks back as uh, the supercars person being made redundant. Mm. No official announcement anywhere mm-hmm. that he'd been let go. They had the opportunity in the telecast last week. They kept saying, your mate Mayfi and, uh, oh, yeah, and yeah. Gus's mate Crompton kept saying about all the great people at Supercars, the general council, and they named all this great raft of people. that They probably named you know eight or ten people, which are about all that are left. Mm. But that nobody took the opportunity to mention Kurt or to thank him for the brilliant work that he's actually done for the series. And this one isn't on Kurt. I mean, neither of the events are going ahead as planned. His services are surplus. I think you could have found a place for him, but oh, yeah. we're not making that decision. No, but one, one of the good guys and one of the people who got shit done, mm. the bloke who's replaced him had enough on his plate as it is without trying to take all his stuff on. And a big hi to Paul Martin if you're listening. There are other cases, both a frontline race crew and behind the scenes players. So is it trimming the fat or is it a sign of deeper trouble? So we need to go safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags. Seen you in weeks, mate. How you been? Oh, yeah, mate. I've been busy. <laughs> so I heard, mate. What? Oh, come on, mate. Everyone knows you've got a new girlfriend. Fucking good on you, mate. Tamika, she's a good bird. Yeah, I know you want to change, mate. You'll still be fucking good old nugget. Oh, yeah, thanks, mate. Hey, yeah, it's a bit bitch shit out with this COVID shit. It's uh, ruined to see jumpy trucks as well as super youths having you off. Yeah, well, mate, I've been thinking about having uh, a chance. With, I think we need to find a new series to follow. And after I've seen you and Tamika leaving her work the other night in her car, I've got a great idea. Wait a minute, where, where did you see me, Spanner? Nah, it's okay, mate. I saw you leaving her hairdresser salon in her 86 GT, mate. The fucking penny dropped. We've got to get on board the Toyota 86 series. Oh, 
Or don't you mean the Toyota Gazoo Racing Australia 86 Series? At least, Grady, you haven't used fucking change since you've been off at university. Listen, keep it simple, mate. Fucking 86s. Yeah, well, there's that Kane Baxter Smith bloke the podcast vlogs talk to you at that time. You fucking shit, yeah. Fuck it, let's get around, nugget. Hey, they're even on this coming weekend at Winton. I'm packing the swag in the WB, mate, and we're heading north. Can't take me high lux now. Nah, Spanny, you can't. Oh, yeah, mate, you and Tamika can come too. You should take her 86. I'll put all the gear in the U. Hang on, mate, we can't go to Winton. It's like that, is it? Fuck me, Nugget. I thought we would have had a great weekend away, mate. Looks like I'm the fucking third wheel now. Listen, you fucking goose, it's not that at all. The fucking Winton round's been postponed and moved to fucking Sydney. Fucking Sydney? Eastman Creek? That joint fucking stinks. It's fucking moved because supercars were too stupid to ask for a travel exemption within the Queensland government. The only thing I know how to do with the state government is fleece money under the guise of tourism and street races. Fuck, look who's gone all geopolitical all of a sudden. Maybe you have changed. Well, to be honest, mate, I've got no fucking idea. Tonight on Big Brother, Dace has hello to Levi and Chili. No worries, can I just say hi to Levi and Chili? <laughs> Neil assesses an awkward health issue. It may not be just a dick problem though, sometimes you can get some clutch uh, crap. Murph identifies food. Now that's what I call a burger. And Larko manages to ignore OHS and hurt himself. Oh shit! All this and Bogan's arguing on Big Brother, the show that plugs products nearly as much as we plug race fuels, tonight at 7 on 7. Thanks, uh, voiceover guy who sounds remarkably like the Warbster. And welcome back to the racing cast, where we know the one thing about supercars that always has been perfect is the A85 racing fuels supplied by race fuels. From track days to national championships, the experts trust race fuels to power and protect their engine. Go to www.racefuels.com.au to find out what they can do for you. And your tools. And your tools. You need to keep your tool clean. Yes. Just remember, when you're spraying the new race fuel sanitizer around, as Spanner said, if you happen to uh, spray it on your tools and uh, get it in your eye, it's, uh, it'll sting a bit. So, Warbster... You know, we've talked about tearing through on Seymour and you um for the present state of affairs, and it's not his fault, and we can we can banter that back and forward. Where did it all begin? Where, where did supercars start going? Where wrong? did the slide begin? Well, now you've you've absolutely done yourself a treat this time. When 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 we have a chat and you say I'm going to go and research, Jesus fucking Christ, do you go and research? I'll throw it over to you, my friend. So, when you want to look at the supercars formula, you have to go back to the beginning, 1993. I was in primary school. You were in, where were you? You were in kindergarten, high school? Kindergarten. Kindergarten. Where were you in 1993, Mr. Deso? Um, I was uh, gainfully employed in the Melbourne workforce, uh, Warpster. Okay, Had so been for a number of years. So we're making you feel old. Beautiful. I'm old. I'm Thank old. you. Yep, beautiful. That was a bloody long time ago. It was what? I, actually, if we want to put that in some ridiculous context, um, I 
was probably my third year of being a volunteer race official. Hmm. Which Paul Keating was Prime Minister. We'd Clinton out, had we'd, just become president. We'd come out of the back of the uh, recession we had to have. The Wiggles were just for getting famous. Fruit salad, yummy, yummy. Well, the Black Wiggle, who'd have thought? So, we, we are somehow to be convinced that the same reality that was viable in 1993 so is be viable the, now. That'd be the red and blue. Yes. Uh, that'd be the, the red sheep versus the blue sheep. Correct. As we now refer to them on social media. The basic formula has existed for 24 years. In that understanding, the red and blue understanding comes the seeds of destruction. So, Warbster, I'll just... Throw back to a little bit of history. Yes, Appendix J lasted five years, and that was from nineteen. That was from the beginning of the Australian Touring Car Championship to nineteen end of sixty four. Improved production, as we so often remember wistfully, uh, ran for eight years. That was um, the Mustangs and the Camaros. If you want to talk about the Bathurst formula, that was Seagrish production, which lasted the similar time span. Group C, twelve years with a major reset in the middle. Nineteen seventy three to nineteen seventy nine for the Tiranas and the X. C Falcons and then went to Commodores, Fal- XD Falcons, Mazdas, Nissans, BMWs, all of that little so they went to the, soup. They went to the Big Bang of V8s oh, except the for the Rotaries and the BMWs and, and the Bluebirds and the, and the Turbo, the Furious George people in the Turbo Bluebird. That's right. And um, finally, Group A lasted eight years. Yeah, so Group A was, was uh, it's an interesting one when we think about the history. It was the paradigm shift to an international racing formula. It was also the last formula that was based entirely upon homologated road cars. So they all died natural deaths because the market moved on or the costs got too high. So why wasn't the supercars formula changed when the new car market has clearly moved on? I'll pause you just for a second Mm -hmm. and I'll give you two words where supercars thought they were on top of the new car, what the new car market looked like. And that was our our good mate, Matt Braid's Brainwave Super Utes. Mm. Uh, They will, history will show, they will go the way of the dinosaurs. Like all the other categories we've just mentioned. No, 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 dinosaurs lasted longer. Yeah. And there was more of them. Yeah. And they were more interesting. They were more interesting. Even the ones with the really small hands. Yeah, yeah. T-Rexes! No, no, I'm making making light of it, but... Back back from our paleontological um, era, Sojourn, the cars that were the backbone of the supercars formula, the local Commodore and Falcon, don't exist anymore and were dying from lack of sales before production ended. And everyone knew it was a ticking clock. I mean, you go back to the button plan in the early 90s when they stopped subsidising Australian car makers with tariffs, it was always going to go down. The sound engineer asked me earlier today, did Toyota actually badge uh, Holden Commodore? And I gave him the good news that it was uh, a Lexan. How many of those? So what was the supercars? Probably probably slightly more than Ford sold of the Falcon minutes last year. So what was the supercars board doing not trying to diversify their manufacturer base to be able to weather this? Well, one may say uh, cashing in on the value of the series at that point in time. They also did something that is colloquially referred to as Gen 2. Mm. Now, all Gen 2 really was, and we looked at this earlier, all Gen 2 was was the opportunity mm. for manufacturers to come in with different engine configurations, different body shapes, etc., etc. But how did that end up? Fucking shit, yes. That's why they're rooted now. Because they went straight back to the duopoly. Because they made it so damn hard for anyone else to be competitive. If you're a manufacturer looking at coming in and seeing Nissan, the Erebus project with the Mercs, and to a lesser degree Volvo being flogged, why are you paying millions and millions of dollars to make a car? The non-red and blue makes... 
never really stood a chance. They were never allowed to. Allowed to. And they were never going to be allowed to. No. I remember back when all of this was being mooted and Nissan was coming in and they were talking about running the uh, VK56, which mm. is the same as the JT3 engine. And that made that idea made perfect sense. Then all of a sudden, I'm looking at it as a JDM guy. I know what happened in 92. I rem- I've got a long memory for that. And I went, they're going to screw us. How are they going to screw us? Hang on, hang on. Let's hear from John. I'm just really stunned for words. I can't believe the reception. I thought Australian race fans had a lot more to go than this. This is bloody disgraceful. I'll keep racing, but I'll tell you what, this is going to remain with me for a long time. You're a So I looked at the, when the, when the five litre rule came, I said, no, you have to run seven and a half thousand and you have to have a five litre engine. Ah, that's how they're going to do it. That's how they're going to screw us all. Yep. What did our good mates at Datsun have to do? They had to rebore a bloody... Um, Nissan patrol engine. Yeah. They had to spend thousands upon thousands of dollars reboring Mil- an engine. Millions of dollars developing a race engine out of a V8 block that powers a Nissan patrol. Rather than getting a crate from Japan with a 5.6 litre engine and just dropping it in, which would have been a 20 grand exercise so per piece. So that'd be the same engine that they currently power LMP2 cars with. Yes. LMP3 cars. Yes. With, same say. basic engine. Why did the supercars board allow red and blue to effectively run Rothschild. They let two key manufacturers write the rules, mm. ultimately. And look, again, we know how successful that was. It's exactly the same as the opportunity at Gen 2 to go to a con- to more control componentry. They should have gone to control uprights, mm. which would have stopped the arms race that we've seen over the past X number of years. Mm. But again, the teams were allowed to write the rules. The teams yeah. were given input. Mm. Now, it's lovely to be an egalitarian society, mm. God, this is going to hurt me having to agree with the brick with eyes and the rocker. But they're not wrong. The series needs a dictator. Mm. It doesn't need Tony Cochran, but it needed somebody at the helm mm. strong enough mm. to make firm decisions, not decision by committee, yeah. not decision by board, mm. where you've got all sorts of op- opposing forces. Mm. Opportunity for biased and buyouts and bribes no 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 not so much that at all it's everybody who had a vested interest that could square their shoulders off enough with enough other support won so if you were you were the simon mcnamara you were the holden guy Mm. no matter what decision you wanted to happen had to suit holden Mm. it was biased it was a biased board that's because because funnily enough motor wing manufacturers are only interested in winning races they're not interested in five years down the track hang on we'll go back a few steps Hmm. Once upon a time, the sanctioning body wrote the rules. Yes. And those of us around this table all Hmm. very, very much understand and are quite familiar with Hmm. what the rules are. The rules are, this is what you can do with your car. Hmm. And you write a set of technical rules Hmm. that has a framework around it and it doesn't favour a manufacturer. Supercars write their own rules. Therein lies the crux of the problem. From a technical perspective. Wex had the same problem. They've yep. let the manufacturers write the rules and all of a sudden they say, oh, yep, we wanted this hybrid thing. We'll be right behind it. Five years later, the category's dead. Yep. They're back where it started. It's not Simon McNamara's job to look after the health of the sport. It's Simon McNamara's job to look after the interests of Holden. And It's not his job and, to and, look after the sport. And, and again, without wanting to sound like I'm pumping someone else's tyres up, have a listen to his conversation when he guests with uh, Dave Reynolds and Michael Caruso. And McNamara was he's absolutely 100% up front. His job was, no matter what, at the expense of all else, mm. Holden had to be winning. 
Hmm. And however he went about doing that, he's quite clear. However Hmm. he went about making that happen, Hmm. that's what he was there to do. But that's that's the one thing, and I've not agreed with Simon McNamara hardly anything. I think he was a bit too loud. I think he was a bit too more more important than he should have been. At least he was up front, and at least he was a prick in plain sight. He wasn't doing it behind your back. I suppose the other thing to think about is... Other categories have had the same problem. Vocalist. Yeah, like I remember back in the day, Procar had a great series up and running and then all of a sudden we had the super supercars like the prancing horses the lamborghinis all these new high class cars are coming in to a category that had pre-existing rules that all of a sudden didn't have the same laws basically for them mm. things were getting changed constantly it just became a schmozzle um in monaro 427 anybody pretty much well that's the whole thing like yeah. you went from something that had heavily regulated rules and regulations to all of a sudden all these cars coming in that there were no subregs for they, they were too new for all these things to have been carefully thought out and planned for mm. basically you saw the series split into two sections and then die mm. oh, there was yeah there was a lot more too of course Pro there's more that. to that's, it that's that was but too. from the layman I'm sure I'm sure and ross palmer had plenty to say about that look and vocalist you're right but they're not the uh, they're not the only one guilty of that in Australia uh, at both national and state level. Every time I mention Excel's on my page, people keep telling me I get messages. Oh, there's going to be 700 Excel's logbooked by the end of the year in Australia. Really? Mm. Okay. And they're running to what four, five different sets of rules, three different lots of cheats. This is the whole thing. Pulsars are the same thing. Oh we yeah. Get, we yeah. get two sets of pulsars. You got the Victorian pulsars and the New mm. South Wales pulsars. Well, the Victorian are ones miles in front of the Victorians others. Victorians are trying to run under the pulsar rules and regs from New South Wales. However, when trying to seek clarification of those rules and regulations, if you want to get your engine sealed off, nobody can clearly tell us where do you go get it sealed off at but i mean this is this isn't this isn't unprecedented in history either group c was the exact same group c was probably worse than supercars Mm. pro car a lot of others you could you could lump together all combined group c was an absolute cluster Mm. um, the way that i'm not i'm not saying the rule book was rubbery but you could probably turn it into some decent tires at um mrf if frangit was around Hello, this is Ranjit. I am spokesman for the Madras Rubber Factory, the best tyres in world motorsport. Warpster, uh, Arch Capital and Peter Wiggs as chairman really do have a lot to wear with regard to the responsibility for the mess they've found themselves in. Peter Wiggs has admitted supercars was a dud move and, and, and the numbers bear it out. Mm. Archer bought their well, 60, 60 to 65% share in supercars for 137 let's, million. Let's let's break let's break this down a little bit further. Okay, in go. the beginning. Yep. In the the beginning of the supercars era, obviously, oh the beginning of the group A era. One of the term, group A five liter era. Tiger owned 100. Tiger, the team owners owned the series. They then so just just for clarity, touring car and T E G A touring car entrance group, group Australia. Australia. Yes. When Tony Cochran came on the scene, he started the company called Sports Entertainment Limited, which bought 25 percent off of Tiger. So he had a minority holding so, in that. So in that, he bought 25 percent of five eighths of fuck all for yep. not very much money. Exactly. By the time Archer came along, that had been built up in a quite a sizable chunk of money because of the moves that Tony Cochran had made because he was professionalizing a series that had a ton of money but was run like amateur. Amateur as hell. I mean, Wade Haddock did the best he could, but... 
Tony Cochran came in with a, a history in uh, mm. in musicals and live theatre and all sorts of other things and brought the entrepreneurial aspect mm. and the promotional aspect in and he and quite realistically say, he quite realistically turned it from sport to entertainment. Mm. Yeah. Quite right vocalist. He built it into a show to the point where Pink even told us it was the greatest show on earth. And oh, I, and I'm his, no fan and, of Cochran. And, but and hey, I he did I can't, a job. Yeah, I can't stand him either. But mm. he did very, very well. For the team owners, started the fran- to find out how well <laughs> started started the franchise system, which mm. ultimately uh, led to what we know today as the Rex Racing Entitlement contracts. They all did really well. Let's roll forward to 2011. Warbster Archer bought. Now this is interesting. 60 or 65 percent stake in well, supercars yeah. for between 135 and 140 million. They brought it from SEL. Initially, it was 60%. Yeah. So in that, SEL had... 25% of yep. stock holding, of which Archer took all of that bar 5% that Tony Cochran held himself. Sorry, Tony Cochran had some. Yep. James Warburton had some. No, he didn't have some until he came on board. That's a different option. That was an option that came in later. Uh, so right he wasn't yep. on board back then. Yep. In a nutshell, Tega sold 35% of their share. SEL sold 35% of their share. Yep. So that's how he got 60%. Yep. Cochrane retained 5%, yep. or management retained 5%, I should say. Yep. And then 35% was retained by the teams. So that's how that split happened. Yep. When Cochrane got out, all the management percentage went to Archer. That's how they got 65%. So they currently own... 65% uh, of the two, Two-thirds, give or take. At that stage where Archer brought in, the market value, or the enterprise value, I should say, was $296 million. So supercars went from not very much... To a hell of a lot. Back in 1995, when SEL came on board. And if you're doing the numbers on that, that's a pretty good deal for Archer, isn't it? It's a great deal for Archer, but it's also a great deal for Tony Cochran's pocket. And it's also a great deal of where the uh, good news ends. <laughs> now, just in that, the teams did cash in back yes, then. They did. Let's not forget, they had their hand out too. Yep. So those that were those that were franchisees at the time, mm-hmm. or REC holders, yep. they did cash in. So let's fast forward to 2014, and that value has fallen to $24 million. Where do you get that number? That's how much the business was worth. Okay, on paper. in 2014, the business was worth 24 million. Okay, they've been choked out by media deals. They weren't getting anything from anybody. Costs were rising. Team, your insurance. Team, teams were getting no return. Yep. At all at the Not end of the all. year. So there was nothing coming to the teams. And they were the, having to be bailed out from the management of the series. And, and they had and, to be bailed out. And that's when we joined the board. So you've dumped what 90 percent of your value before the headman of the venture capital fund goes. Oh, hang on a minute. I'd better parachute in here. That's a problem. Very big problem. Now, that's also about the time they started headhunting James Warburton. James Warburton came on board. And that's about the time that the Fox and 10 media deal of about 40 million a year started coming on board. That was the recovery that probably saved the whole lot from going under. Debt went from 30 million to 1.2. So let's let's talk about that a little bit, Warbster. Mm-hmm. 2014, yep. it was on the bones of its ass, for want of a better term. Yes. At the end of 2013... Lucas Dumbrell Motorsport, Tony Delberto Racing, and Triple F Racing each returned a wreck to supercars. Yep. They were put up for sale at the start of 2014, but no bids were received. Mm-hmm. One was reclaimed by Lucas Dumbrell Motorsport in 2015 after a legal fight that supercars lost. Mm-hmm. At the end of 2014, another wreck was returned by James Rosenberg Racing. In April 2015, supercars launched a tender 
for one wreck for the 2016 season with guess who? Triple Eight, the successful bidder. There was a planned contraction in amongst all this though. Mm-hmm. Because they went from 26 to 24. Sorry, they went from 28 to 24 by the end of it, mm-hmm. which is where they're at now. Mm-hmm. The reason that they did that is because then in your 40 million a year, you're only having to carve it up 24 ways instead of 28. So everyone's getting more of a slice each. Yes, but at that time, there was no slice. There was no slice. So, But it was a contraction that they yep, knew they had to make because yep. once money did start coming in, it was going to be needed to start recovering the team so the teams weren't relying on the series for handouts because well, don't se- get don't get se- it wrong. And the series, the series were handing money over. But Yeah, but but it was that's why they diminished their value. They didn't have a lot of money to hand over yes herein lies Warburton and mm-hmm. the new TV deal by the time you got through all of this the value of the business that started 2020 was 45 million dollars so they've gotten most of it back in terms of they've got a lot back the debt's gone to the point of serviceable Yep. $1 million in, in corporate terms is absolutely nothing. Interestingly, though, we're talking about the value of the company. Mm-hmm. It was reported that in 2017, Archer were looking for offers around $80 million to try and get out. Mm. When the value of the business would have been half that at first. Yeah. So then, interestingly, too, there was allegedly a best offer of around $50 million at the time. Mm-hmm. Consortium all... of team owners, interestingly oh, yes, enough. Yes, allegedly. And then there was mm. uh, another one there. So what's interesting, too, is at the start of the year, mm-hmm. there was an offer of 40, allegedly, mm-hmm. from ARG. And they were told, get, get out. And they, they were knocked back. Now, which is interesting, but bear that 40 million in mind, because after that fucking virus happened, trademark, it's valued at 34.9 million today. So thereabouts, 35 million today, not discounting all of the losses that have happened. It's suffered in the last 12 weeks, say three months, 12 yep. weeks, mm-hmm. where they are now staring at massive losses because of mm. no revenue from government, no revenue from promoters, no revenue from and that from the promotion of their own events. And that information is from Archer's own last quarterly report. So that's not us fudging numbers, that's Archer themselves saying that. So that's about 25% of what they paid for it in the first place. So Archer, unlike Sam Shaheen and Tyler Everingham, who have a one for the price of two deal. Archer have a one for the price of four deal. Big business. Big red numbers. That's all I'm saying here. Vocalist, you'd know how to make a small fortune in motor racing. Yes, start with a large one. Mm. So we need to go safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags. ready for a new era in telecommunications. Do you expect to be treated like a gentleman when you call your phone service provider? Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Rich Hotel. Rich Hotel uses the biggest mobile network in Australia. I can't believe the reception. Rich Hotel uses the latest in mobile technology like the special edition iPhone 92 GTR exclusive to Rich Hotel. This is going to remain with me for a long time. Rich Hotel looked at all the other competitors' prices and said, This is bloody disgraceful. So Rich Hotel introduced the best value deals around. For information on our SIM-only and full mobile plans, go to www.richhotel.com or... You're a pack of assholes.
places, worn out places, worn out faces, bright and early for the daily races, going nowhere, going nowhere. A racing champion should always buy fuel from a championship fuel supplier. You're in reserve. Jade, I'm not joking, you're not going to finish if you don't get the maximum. We're talking maximum minus 100. I don't think you can hear them. I'm sure there must be something wrong. No tomorrow, no tomorrow. With 2020 hindsight. They all fuel at this stage. We got, we're not going to make it. I need you maximum save. You've got two seconds to go behind. Maximum save, mate. We're not going to make it. We're just going to have to chance it. Should have gone to race fuels. Welcome back to the Racing Cast, proudly brought to you by Race Fuels, championship fuel suppliers. So just like Jamie Wincup running out of fuel in that last ad, it appears that supercars are fast running out of money. A lot of optimism had to lay at the feet of the supposed international expansions. That's the only way that this 137, 138, whatever it is, million makes sense. So in 2011, when they bought the series, they were going to far-flung destinations like Abu Dhabi, New Zealand, and Tasmania. Tasmania? That's... Who wrote this shit? <laughs> it's overseas? Yeah, well, yeah. I've, I've, caught, I've caught the boat, yes. Um, <clears throat> the series had been to Bahrain and to Shanghai and would subsequently go to the Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas, mm. where Mark Scaife got in a bar fight, and do a demonstration in Kuala Lumpur. Where Mark Scaife didn't get in a bar fight. No. That was for the KL Grand Prix, which went tits up not long after. And allegedly, Singapore. Singapore, Singapore was, on, was on the horizon for a long time, but it never happened. However... How many times did the series ever return to any of these destinations? Now, okay, New Zealand's had an interchange with Australia for decades, going back to Wellington Street Series, Wellington Street Race, Pukekohe. For Group A, yeah. Yep. Abu Dhabi lasted a couple of years. Bahrain lasted four, and they were getting thrown tons of money to go over, and the rest were once-offs. Most of these destinations were new markets to racing in general, had no previous exposure to our version of racing, only knew what the Commodore was because of exports with Chevrolet or Buick badges, had no idea what a Falcon even was, and no one gave a bugger anyway because no one turned up. Let's be realistic. How the f*** was that going to work out? It wasn't. Mm. It didn't? The only way the price Archer paid made sense was for the revenues to go up because their media rights were being sold multiple times for multiple markets. Markets that would have had races in them. That's how Bernie made billions off of Formula 1 management. It's also the only way manufacturers coming on board for Gen 2 made sense. The budget to develop a new Gen 2 spec car for just Australia and New Zealand markets made zero sense, especially since when large sedan sales were plummeting worldwide. So why persist? Ford and Holden having their balls in a vice-like grip, short-sightedness. Lack not, of product knowledge. Lack of product knowledge, lack of... Marketing research. Lack of, um, lack of market research is an excellent one. Just being too, too conservative in business. So mate, an archer do a lot of buying and selling, but mm. archer aren't anything to do with motoring. So if they don't know anything about motoring, they're going off of previous examples. So I suppose the biggest example would be Formula One. But but in that too, whilst Tony Cochran sold his share out, he was retained for at least two more years. Yes. Year and a half, two more years as chairman, mm-hmm. and then continued to sit in a 
quasi-advisory role off to the side through a, a swathe of less, of less than memorable CEOs. Well, they had a bad run. I mean, one of the um, CEOs actually died before he sort of got installed in the, in the throne at um, Supercars, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And sort of the m- biggest figurehead that came after that was James Warburton, but there was a massive vacuum for 12 months that was reasonably critical. I think Shane Howard, no who, Shane Howard was instilled as a temporary uh, CEO mm. for a while and... Uh, He's still on board at Supercars. But with respect to Shane Howard, he's a very capable human being. But if you don't have that mandate, you don't have that mandate. Exactly. With the example of Formula One, you act like Formula One. Or more appropriately, you act like an addict with a morphine button in regards to government money. And interesting, most of the independent promoters of the old era are gone. They're replaced by Supercars events, hoovering up taxpayer dollars under the guise of tourism and promotion. I think we counted before, we're down to four now in the normal series. You've got Adelaide and Darwin promoted by their respective state governments. Yep. And you've got the Bend promoted by the Bend Motorsport Park or the Shahins. Yep. And you've got Winton promoted by Winton Motor Raceway Proprietary Limited or Benalla Auto Club. But the latter two are with government money. With government support, yes. Yeah. So uh, the Shahins got a $3 million deal over three years. So yep. that last million ran out this year. I believe the number at Winton was somewhere... Mumble, mid, mumble. Mid, no, somewhere in the mid-six figures, uh, low to mid-six figures. Certainly, and that certainly was, not enough to cover the full cost of the event. No, absolutely a not. A pretty decent hole. Absolutely it? not. That's where that's at. So and this, this model is how expensive and otherwise useless street circuits came into being. Yeah, it and, may well have been accounted for by desk jockeys as economic activity because of you know putting blocks in, putting blocks out, setting up infrastructure, all that sort of thing. Yep. But what good does that do the other 51 weekends of the year? Absolutely what good not. does that do to the sport? And I think um, CLW summed up nicely when we talked about Townsville. Mm. Townsville has been the greatest loss to the motorsport community of any of the circuits Yes, because there's nothing in FNQ. They should have built a permanent track out the road with the money that the government's pissed against the wall and into supercars' pocket. But the issue is, as long as the accounts could justify it and the accountants could justify it, no one seemed to mind until the bubble burst and shit started going down. So with regard to sanctioning fees, the West Australian Sporting Car Club threw in the towel a number of years ago. The Barbagello or Wanneroo round was then taken over by the state government, but now it's a supercars event. As of so last year was the first year as a supercars event. Everyone's getting a subsidy. What happens when the money taps are shut? The current chaos. And how much of this was signed, sealed, and dropped in the lap of the Seamster? Well, it was all dropped in the lap. None of it was his doing. No, absolutely. He inherited this. Warbster. A vocalist, what can be done to salvage the situation going forward? Personally, I think nothing. I think it's it's gone too far. Unless they pull something out of their backslide really quick and do thorough planning, it's whatever they pull out is just going to fail as well. The problem you have right now is... There's to, a gap. To, no, but to plan, you need to have a plan. To do proper planning, A, you need to have a plan, and B, you need to have a budget to do that with. Mm. They've got neither, in my humble opinion. They've got neither... Wolbster, one of the things you talked about here is $60,000 control engines, crate coyote engine, etc., etc. Well, number one, that doesn't cost 60 grand. But <laughs> let's um, start with that. Yeah, okay. But it doesn't matter what you do because all of a sudden the team owners are going to be stuck with a fucking shit ton of $100,000 engines. Now, the, only, the best they can do is hope to, to sell them off to, to, to ski boats. Oh, I thought you said you were going to say Liam. Well, you won't pay $100,000 for them. That's true. But ultimately, they're going to have to try and find a market for them mm. because if they wholesale change supercars and change it to a much cheaper entity, well, Super 2 is dead in the water. 
Mm. Because they can't continue to run Super 2 the way it is. Well, Super 2 and Super 3 are on life support. Or Sumos are basically on life support as it is. Super 2 thirds. We haven't mentioned that uh, the Super 2 and the Kumo series have now merged to Mm. form Super 2 thirds. They'll probably have about two thirds of the grid that they would have had if they'd combined Mm. last year. Is there another series out there that could be a possible contender? I've been saying all along, GT is the natural replacement if you want to play at the high, high, at, at the high end, but the Bogan, oh, I've got myself a fucking V8 and it looks cool brigade. Yeah, but we'll, the, we'll that, that, they don't on. exist no, no, anymore. No, 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 they do. No, no, they do. They they're, do. They're, no, and even, even Seema talks about it. All these cockheads talk about it. They've got to be big and they've got to be loud. So they've got two options there. TA2, they're a $190,000 car. Talk to anybody that knows, in America, they're putting new chassis under them every three years because they're building them so fast and so soft that they start to walk around. They essentially strip them back and just buy a new chassis. TA2's not the solution. If they just want stuff that's big and loud at the track, we'll do the trackside commentary. Yeah, we're big and we're as loud as it gets. Exactly. Um, Realistically. We're nearly excluding the um, vocalist on this one. And Mark cars aren't the solution either. Well, no, because that's a proprietary chassis, so they've got to pay somebody for them. There's nothing on the landscape. Other than GT3 or GT4. They're cheap. The cars are there. You can run them for half the co- less than half the cost for the entire year. You run them with half the staff. If you want, Do you want big perfor- cars? If you want performance and potentially some sort of manufacturer input, not direct, GT is the only way to go for them. Because at this stage, if you stick with what you've got, well, number one, they're not going to get any less expensive. No. And, and, and you're you running debadged cars. But you, but you, you can't, can't run a whole that don't exist anymore. But you, you, there's no money to develop Gen 3, mm. and you can't wholesale change overnight because the team owners ultimately, everything's redundant. They're, out they're, of pocket. They're, they're actually, well, they're out of pocket. They're, they're better to park them and hope to Christ they sell them eventually to collectors mm. and go to something that is remarkably cheaper. Even mm. G, even GT4, as an interim for two years just to try and keep things ticking and survive, mm. and it can be... Yes. It could be it could be GT4 for two years with, in, with just Camaros and Mustangs. You're in, deep, you're in deep shit when the main plank of your business plan are the Bowdens. Yeah. <laughs> Luke, you said before that it needs to be big. No, no, no. I don't think that. that that's, that's public the, perception. That's public public perception, perception is the cars need to be big. Yep. Not necessarily loud, but big. Oh, no. Loud's important. Loud's important. Well, I'm pretty sure it's pretty easy to soup up a minivan. <laughs> it's big. It would be interesting to see. Can you, can you please... Put the vocalist out of my misery. <laughs> Super Utes, okay? It didn't work before with Utes. It's not going to work again. People aren't interested. I get, I get where you're going, and, and I know it's tongue-in-cheek, but I really, I don't know what the solution is because I don't think there is one in the direction they're currently looking. I don't think there's a solution that doesn't require a wholesale reset. And in order to do a wholesale reset, you've got to have management with the capability to do that. You've got to have teams that are willing to make those changes. And you've got to put a whole bunch of expensive, expensive stuff in the bin. And I don't think there's an appetite for that either. And you've got to cut back on people. Yeah, mm. yeah. You've got to have, you've got to be staff what? cuts at, at supercars. Yeah. Earth, you're doing with t- 40 car teams at meetings for supercars team 40 people what are three quarters of them doing honestly well to be honest mate i've got no fucking idea 
And look, there's all sorts of stuff. There's been talk about format changes, staff levels, blah, blah, blah. Paul Morris coming back. So to round it all out, we will continue to keep an eye on the weird and wacky world of supercars for the rest of the year. Some of us are doing research. Some of us are posting dumb shit on their pages. So uh, that's a great segue to the reminder of our socials. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's start with the least amount of dumb shit posted. That's www.facebook.com slash podcast vocalist ri you can find me as always at www.facebook.com slash racing insiders yeah and i'll tell you what you fucking need to get around www.facebook.com nugget and spanner because we're gonna fucking get around toyota 86s mate yeah came back to smith he's, he's my boy so to take us out of this episode www.facebook.com slash Podcast DSO? No, don't worry about me. Okay, fine. Nugget and Spanner are far more important. My, my growth's been exponential. We have a, we have a cheeky little... <laughs> and to take us out on this episode... <laughs> and to take us out on this episode, we have a cheeky little ditty we're dedicating to Team Sydney and the new home of every Supercars event this year, except for Bathurst. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Uh, right. Don't forget, keep your tools clean with the race fuel sanitizer. <laughs> That's exactly right. Keep, keep your tool clean. When it comes to keeping your tool clean, just don't get it in your eye. <laughs>